This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. I'm Arielle Laurie, and this is the Blonde Files podcast, where I talk to experts, influencers, and inspirational people in the world of wellness and beyond. Whether it's mental health, spirituality, nutrition, gut health, hormones, exercise, meditation, entrepreneurship, beauty hacks, and procedures, I cover it here with real conversations and even realer guests. I know you're as curious as I am, so I'm asking the questions for you, and you get to listen in. Okay. Woo. I don't know why I'm nervous right now to do this episode. I've always been so open about what I've done beauty-wise, but I guess condensing it into a tell-all episode, deep breath, is just intimidating. Plus, the negative Nancys have been out in full force lately, so I guess I'm just kind of bracing myself. Um... So before I delve into everything here, I want to say a few things. So consider this a disclaimer. After I did an episode a few weeks ago on going back to school, I got so many messages saying that it inspired so many of you to consider going back and take steps in education and things that you guys have wanted to do but but haven't for whatever reasons. So... I'm so happy about that, but it also makes me a little nervous about this. Like, does that mean that now tons of you are going to want to go out and get plastic surgery? I want to use my quote-unquote influence for good, but at the end of the day, we're all adults. It's your body, your choice, my body, my choice, and if I can deter you from either doing the wrong type of treatment or finding out about a better treatment that you could do in place of another one, um, then that's a win. So I feel like I'm going out on a limb here and I'm probably going to get some pushback, but just know that I'm coming from a place of transparency, not promotion. And that said, I also totally support and understand why people who do these things want to keep them private. But just for the sake of my platform, I really prefer honesty and I like to have open conversations about this stuff. So that's where I stand. So I'm going to start by breaking down everything I've done and then I'm going to answer your questions and then I'm going to close out by talking about the emotional aspect of it and how it plays a role in confidence and all of that. Okay. So to start, I'm going to disclose everything I've done and why. Um, Whenever I talk about this, people want pictures for reference, so maybe I'll put one up on my Instagram, but I did start this account 
years before I did anything. So you can just scroll back in time on my Instagram and see pictures. I really didn't look that different. Um, I don't want to open myself up to like a comparison photo, like before and after. And get comments like you look better before and all of that in a post. So I'll just say I was cute then. I just always hated my nose. That was the beginning. I can remember as far back as being like 12 or 13 and wanting to get a nose job. And my parents at the time rightly said no. I was still growing and they just were not the type of parents to pay for me to get cosmetic surgery ever, um, which is fine. I know that some people do it like for graduation and everybody's different and neither is right or wrong, but they just were not that type. So it was a big thing that I wanted to do when I was younger, but it just never happened. And then as I fell deeper into alcohol and drugs throughout my late teens and 20s, I just could not have cared less about my nose because I only had one priority and that was keeping the party going. When I got sober and had a few years of sobriety under my belt, I decided that it was time. So I looked into doctors and I looked into doctors for a year or two before finally going to Dr. Ben Talley in Beverly Hills. I decided on him because his work is impeccable and he's also known for doing lip lifts, which brings total balance and harmony to the face and I'll get into it more in a little bit but you guys I cannot stress this enough do your research when it comes to choosing a doctor do your research beyond looking at a doctor's website or Instagram or even real self um, realself.com for those who don't know If you're really not sure where to start, I would recommend finding somebody like The Beauty Broker. I think her Instagram is at The Beauty Broker or Beauty Broker Official or something on on Instagram um, to help you navigate it all. A lot of people wrote me saying that like they just don't know what they should do or where to start and there are consultants that can help you with that, but a good doctor will also be totally honest with you and probably be more conservative than you were even thinking for yourself. And that was how Dr. Talley was with me. Another thing, if finances are keeping you from going to the best doctor around, like if there's somebody who you really want to go to, but you can't afford it, and if you found someone who will do it for kind of cheap, save until you can afford the good doctor. It can wait, okay? This is your face, and too often people go for the less expensive option and have to spend twice the money fixing what was done or just live with a subpar job, and you do not want to do that. This is too important. Okay, so I had to get that out of the way. So going back to the lip thing, a lip lift is when they remove skin from the philtrum, which is the skin between your nose and your mouth from taking an incision beneath your nostrils, essentially. This is life-changing, okay? So many people think that filler is the answer, but honestly, this procedure blows filler out of the water. It makes the face look 
so youthful and fresh and it increases tooth show which is how much of your teeth your top teeth are showing when your mouth is slightly open and it eliminates the need for filler in most cases depending on what your goals are and all of that some people look great with just a little bit of filler but a lot of people are trying to get that lift because it really does just make your face kind of look more youthful and fresh um, and for me, anything that eliminates the need for filler is good in my book. I always say that every procedure that I do is so that I can then be low maintenance and not have to like go in and get filler all the time or go in and get my brows done all the time or whatever it is. So that was a big, that was a big attraction for me in going to Dr. Tally. So at this point, I had been doing fillers and I wasn't achieving the lip shape that I wanted. So I figured while I'm under doing my nose, I may as well do that too. I also ended up doing profound RF, radio frequency, while I had these procedures done. So profound is a radio frequency microneedling machine and it basically stamps needles into the face and I think heats up the skin underneath causing a healing reaction to occur. So this helps immensely with tightening and pretty much changed my jawline. This is not to be confused with traditional microneedling, which just targets the surface of the skin and is helpful for like superficial lines and texture issues. The downtime on this is probably about like safely 10 days. You can do it awake. Um, you're gonna be really, really swollen after and bruised, which I'll talk about, but it is like an outpatient treatment that you can do. So the procedures themselves. Okay, I'm gonna start with my first ones. So my nose, lip lift, and profound all at once. I was so excited to get this done. I never even stopped to consider the discomfort that I might feel post-procedure. Everyone I know who has had their nose done said, like, it's not that bad pain-wise, it's fine. So I just never thought about the fact that, like, you know, I wouldn't be able to breathe. But I'll get there. Um, I'm going to walk you through it. But my surgery was at, like, 6 a.m., so I just rolled out of bed, went to Beverly Hills, and was quickly taken into pre-op where I was made comfortable, and I waited for Ben. And he came in and marked me up a little bit. And we discussed again about how I wanted things to look. Um, oh, and a lot of people asked me if I had open or closed rhinoplasty. So the difference between open and closed. Open is when the nose is cut at the base and kind of peeled back to reveal the whole nose structure, like the bones and cartilage. Closed is when they don't do that and they just go through the nose. So the doctor will determine what kind to do depending on your goals and your anatomy but I think also it depends on what your preference is um, or what the doctor's preference is. So afterwards I was rolled into the operating room and sedated and obviously I remember nothing else. I think surgery was around maybe five hours. I, I don't recall, but you guys, when I woke up, I was shook shooketh okay I had packing in my nose and my sinuses and was basically like holy beep and not only can I not breathe I can't swallow or anything 
So if you're listening to this and you're somewhere where your hands are free, plug your nostrils as tightly as you can and then try to swallow. You can't do it. So not fun. Um, (laughs) The first day I was still woozy from the anesthesia. So it was like somewhat tolerable. But consider this your warning if you ever get this done. It's very, very uncomfortable for that reason. Not really painful, but uncomfortable. So the first day I went home and got in bed and just slept on and off for the rest of the day and the night. The recovery in itself was pretty brutal for the first four-ish days because not being able to breathe is just a mindfuck. I wasn't in pain, but I just felt so in my head. I was so anxious and I just kind of felt alone, even with my husband and friends and people in our household helping. I just felt lonely, like I was going through this by myself. I think because it's your face and it's like breathing, like you're just so aware of it. You can't detach from it, like if it was your hand or something. I don't know. So the feeling of loneliness had nothing to do with them, but it had everything to do with me and just the anxiety that I was feeling. So you can probably take Xanax, which I didn't do, but if you can do that, then you're probably golden and you just chill for a few days. (laughs) So having had multiple procedures done, I can tell you this. The first day isn't bad because you're kind of out of it from anesthesia. Day two is usually a little bit shocking because the anesthesia is wearing off, but it's still not terrible. And then days three and four are pretty brutal because you're at peak swelling and discomfort. And then after day four, things usually begin to heal pretty quickly and it's kind of fun and exciting to see the results take form. So that was the case with this surgery and also with my brow lift, which I'm going to talk about in one sec. Okay, since I had three things done at once, I'm going to tell you the order in which I recovered because a lot of people ask this. So to the naked eye, I would say it looked like my nose healed first. Although I had residual swelling for about a year, it really does take a long time for the swelling to go down. So if you've done this recently, just be patient. It will go down. You can also do like prednisone shots for the areas like the tip where there's a lot of cartilage, so it holds a lot of water, but it does go down. The lip lift was a much longer recovery. I had sutures removed at five days, but the lip is very stiff for about three months and you have to be really careful. After a few weeks, it's not noticeable to other people, but you will know when you smile that you don't have much movement. True story, I went to a charity event with my husband, I think a couple weeks after, and there were photographers there and they were all like, smile, smile, and I could not smile at that point and my lip was hanging down and I just looked so stupid. (laughs) It was so, I look at those pictures now like, why did I even go? So you will be stiff. Um, Profound took about 10 days to fully heal, I want to say, because you are left with a lot of swelling. You have bruising and you have little puncture wounds where the needles enter the skin. Profound starts to work at about six weeks, I think. And then you notice the results start to take place. I think the like max results are around six months. 
Um, but this made a huge difference in my lower face. I look at before pictures from my doctor and it's crazy what it did for my jawline. So it really is a good option, I think, for tightening. Um, what else? People ask if it's similar to Althera. I've never done Althera. Um, I did see recently that people are saying that it ruins their skin. I don't know enough about it, but you can look it up on Dr. Google. Um, but I would ask your doctor, of course. Dr. Google is not always the most accurate. So talk to a professional. Okay, lastly, everybody wants to know price for everything. So I can give you a ballpark of what it is here in Beverly Hills. I know it's different in other places. Um, rhinoplasties here, I think, usually go from maybe around like 8 to 10 up to 15, 20, 25. Depends on what you're doing. Um, the lip lift, I believe, was around 6 or 7 and profound was around 6,000, I think. So it's definitely pricey. Um, okay, so fast forward a couple years to last April. So I always had hooded eyes, which never bothered me until I turned 30 and things just started falling. When I say that, my husband looks at me like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You're, our, you're a baby. But it's true. Things just start to change. Um, so no amount of Botox or filler lifts the brows that much enough to eliminate hooding. If you believe that all these young models just got Botox and not brow lifts, you might be kind of gullible. I don't blame you because there's a lot of clever marketing out there. Um, ben actually said for a couple years that I didn't need a brow lift, but in April he finally agreed. So personally, I did not want to look quote-unquote snatched. I didn't want to have box eyes or any of these stupid trends. I just didn't want to look sad and tired anymore. Seriously, I just cannot with people who tell other people they look sad or tired. It's rude. People would always tell me like, oh, you look so tired. I'm like, really? Like, even if I am, it's just, just no. You guys don't need to hear that, but maybe somebody listening does. Okay, anyway, I opted for an upper blepharoplasty, which is where the eyelid skin is reduced by a few millimeters depending on how much extra you have um, and an endoscopic brow lift so these are often done together the endoscopic brow lift is where they cut tiny incisions in the scalp i think usually either two or three and they go in with scopes and they lift the brows so and and the incision is by your hairline it's covered you don't have scars anything like that I also did profound again, which you don't have to do, but I was like, you know, I'm going under again. Let's just uh, handle everything. Okay. So this was a pretty simple, straightforward procedure. But again, I found myself pretty shocked when I woke up from surgery. Not because of the brow or eye situation, but because I was so swollen from the profound more swollen than the first time. I couldn't talk. I looked like legit a chipmunk. No, I looked like a chipmunk nun. I had a bandage wrapped around my head with a towel draped over my head, chipmunk cheeks, stitches in my eyes, bruises everywhere. 
I looked like a chipmunk nun who got beaten up. It looked so bad. It looked way worse than it felt, but because it's the eye area, I was just very aware of swelling and discomfort. So I went through the same healing timeline with this surgery as my first, where the first two days were okay. I was kind of still a little buzzed from the anesthesia. Days two to four were kind of brutal and that my eyes were very swollen. And then after day four, I felt fine, but I had terrible black eyes from the brow lift. So um, I think I had a slight headache too for a few days, but I just took Advil or something and the incisions in my eyelids were itchy, so that was kind of annoying. But other than that, the only other annoying part of it was having the gunk in my hair from surgery and not being able to wash it out for five days due to the incisions. So I took a lot of baths, um, and to speed up healing, I did hyperbaric oxygen chamber. I did LED light beds. I did V-beam laser, which helped to break up the bruising. And, um, God, this procedure was such a game changer. First of all, nobody noticed, but everyone just said that I looked great. And it's funny because I wasn't even trying to hide it on Instagram, but nobody ever said anything. So I never talked about it, but it just goes to show how much more aware we are of things that we perceive as flaws than other people. I thought that God, my eyes are so hooded. It's what it's the first thing people think of when they see me. And this is going to make such a huge difference. And like nobody said anything. A few people asked maybe if I got Botox or something like that. But I was like, okay, well, there's a lesson. We are so much more critical on ourselves than other people are. So um, that said, I felt super refreshed. I felt more myself than ever. It was so weird seeing my eyes kind of get heavy and, and have that kind of sad, tired look. So I just felt like I got them back. And this is the amazing thing about good, subtle, natural work. You feel like yourself on your best day. You don't feel like you're looking at a stranger. So this was great. Um, price for this was maybe around 10 for the brow lift, maybe 5-ish for the blepharoplasty. And again... I think um, Profound was maybe 65, although I think I only did my lower face, so that was probably less. So again, super pricey, but I don't know. I kind of justify it in that I'm saving money in the long run because of all the different tricks and procedures I was trying to achieve this brow lifting and getting rid of the hooding of my eyes, and none of it worked. So I kind of feel like just do it once, do it right, take care of it, and then you're done. So this sounds like a lot, but because I went to such a skilled surgeon, like I just said, the result is very subtle, minor tweaks. It really just refined my appearance a little bit. I still look so much like myself that people in my family didn't even notice specifically what I had done. So I've talked to my family members about it and they've said that, you know, I just look great and they weren't sure if I'd done something or if it was just a result of my healthy lifestyle. So that is pretty damn good work. Okay, so that brings me to now. So full disclosure, I always 
wished that we took the lip lift a little bit higher to really balance my face. We were so conservative the first time, which was my fault. Um, but yeah, the first time I just didn't get the tooth show or the height, the lift in my lip that I wanted. And so I experimented again with filler, but I just hate the look of a really full lip. And with my anatomy, filler just makes the top lip heavy and it ends up having the complete opposite effect of what I want to achieve. And like the Botox lip flip or whatever, it really doesn't do anything. So I decided to redo my lip lift. This time I went to Dr. Mascaro in Florida. Dr. Tally didn't want to redo it for a few years. And while normally I would heed the advice of someone I trust so much, but I had followed Dr. Mascaro for a while. And after a consult with him, I felt completely confident that we could achieve my goals and do so subtly and not mess anything up. So I cannot recommend him enough. He is so attentive, so communicative before and after the procedure. He's so meticulous, so skilled. And He's also just a cool, humble, really nice person. The procedure itself took maybe 40 minutes total, just under local anesthesia, so I was awake, and it was completely painless. I had clear sutures, and honestly, I looked great, even right after. I always love when I'm swollen, but like, I mean, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy, because the sutures were clear, you really can't see them. It looked so good. I was out and about in public. You do have to be careful of airborne things getting in the incision because it is an open incision. Um, but I had no issues and I was just so thrilled from the very second I saw my reflection. So I had the stitches removed at five days and again, nobody knew I did anything and people have just commented that I look great and they can't put their finger on what if anything is different although I have had people ask me on Instagram like oh you look you look really good did you get lip filler or something so again we think and and I don't blame anybody for this but we think like everything is Botox and filler and really it's not so I'm still stiff and I'm still healing and the internal sutures are dissolving. So the incision is a little bit puffy and red, but it will go down. And I swear it took five years off my face, maybe more. A lot of people want to know about the lip lift, lip lift scar. And I think it depends on your surgeon and how well you take care of it after. Dr. Mascaro says something like, don't go out and crash my Ferrari, meaning it's up to you to take excellent care of it after the procedure is done. And the scar takes a while to fade, but you can do things like laser or microneedling on it to help diminish it. And it also depends on your anatomy. So if you have a ridge below your nostrils and there's kind of a shadow there, the scar can be hidden under there. And if your nose covers that area, then you're golden. And some people you can put the scar kind of inside the nostril so these are all things your doctor should consider and yeah my experience was just amazing i did this six weeks ago um so i'm about halfway through the three-month projected healing timeline 
and this procedure was only around two or three grand and he should be charging 10 because of how good he is. Okay, so those are the big procedures I've done. And I wanna stress again that it wasn't to change my appearance. Like I said, go back and look at older pictures. I'd say I definitely had a little glow up, but everything I did was to just lift things a little and refine my features. I see photos from a couple years ago, even as recent as last winter, and I'm like, damn girl, lay off the filler. My face looked so heavy. I was weighing it down with these things, whereas now it's just refreshed. Okay, um, where, where am I? I'm losing my train of thought. Okay, because of my invasive procedures, I don't really need much maintenance anymore. Like I said before, I was overfilling for years when I should have been lifting. Fillers fill, it doesn't lift. Um, okay, now that that's out of the way, let's talk threads. Threads are a hot topic right now, so I definitely wanna cover those. Okay, first I wanna say that all of these Instagram accounts promoting threads using pictures of Bella and Kendall and other young models are purposefully misleading consumers. I know from the grapevine that they have all had surgery. I'm pretty sure Bella got her nose job or maybe two with Dr. Kenodia and pretty sure she got a ponytail lift from Dr. K-O, K-A-O. There is so much false marketing on the internet if you see a page full of just influencers or celebrities, run. Okay, so threads are dissolvable threads <laughs> that basically get threaded underneath your skin and pulled back and lift things like jowls, cheeks, and now people are using them on their eyes to achieve fox eyes. Except here's the thing, and this is my experience, but also talking to other people who have done them, lots of doctors, lots of nurses. They really don't work, and they really don't last. Also, the skin in the temples, and this is where they do the eye lift, is just so thin. I just cannot imagine having a thread there. I had them like deep in my cheeks, and I had dents and puckering. So strange, I know. So I just can't... The, th the thought of putting them in your forehead or your temple where it's so thin is just ugh, beyond me. I know many esteemed surgeons who hate them because the scar tissue they cause. And I've heard many accounts of dissatisfied people having them dissolved or just regretting getting them because they barely make a perceptible difference. I've even talked to a super famous surgeon who used to do them like 10 years ago, maybe even more than that. And he said, you know, they just don't do anything. It's just not worth it. So that's, um, that's a voice of reason and that's who I would trust. <laughs> so the other thing about threads is that they're just super uncomfortable, like worse than any surgery in my opinion, because with surgery, yeah, you're uncomfortable for like a week or so or whatever, but then you're fine. And with this, I was uncomfortable for maybe like three weeks where I felt like I couldn't smile, I couldn't make certain movements, they were popping out and it was just such a weird sensation. Um, so I loved my result. I got two in each cheek. I loved it when I was swollen. 
but once the swelling went down, I pretty much looked the same. So maybe in some cases they can help, but for how much they cost, which is thousands and thousands of dollars, I think I spent 3500 um, the discomfort and the fact that their effect is so short-lived, I would definitely consider other options. If you're looking for tightening or lifting, consider Botox, depending on the area. You can do facial massages. You can do microcurrent. You can do something like Profound or Morpheus 8, which is another newer tightening laser. But if there's a significant amount of sagging or skin, and I'm talking to people like over 35 or 40 here, not the 20 year olds, I would consider something more invasive. I think, like I said before, so often people spend money on one less invasive procedure after another, after another, without ever achieving their goals when a simple surgical procedure could solve the issue. So this was certainly the case for me with the lip lift and the brow lift. You know, I got so much Botox and filler for years trying to lift those areas to no avail. And that adds up. I mean, many, many thousands. Okay. Moving away from me, you guys had a ton of questions. So I'm going to answer those now. I'm trying to answer as many as possible. There were a lot. A lot of them were pretty similar though. So I kind of grouped them together. Let's see. Um, okay, I'll start here. A lot of people asked if I could only do one thing and that's the only thing I could ever have done, what would it be? So this is tough. And this is a toss up between the lip lift and the brow lift, but I'd have to probably go with the brow lift because of my anatomy. I developed hooding on the outer corners of my eyes that made them downturned. And as a result, I looked tired no matter what. So that procedure really, really made a difference. I think if I had to choose between not looking tired and sad or having a longer filtrum, I'd opt for looking more alert and, rest and rested. But I really, God, I really love the lip lift too. So it's really tough to choose. Non-invasive, I'd have to go with Botox because um, Botox can just do a lot. It can't do everything like I've talked about, but it can really help with smoothing out certain areas. And yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great intro, I guess, to all of this. Um, this could be totally different for you though. Maybe you don't need anything. Maybe you just need a little Botox or maybe you would benefit from a nose job or really it could be anything, but because of my face and my anatomy, those are the things that I think I most benefited from. So that brings me to what I most recommend and what I least recommend. So this again is so dependent on the issues that somebody is trying to correct, what they're trying to achieve, what the anatomy is. But for me personally, I would least recommend threads. I can't universally recommend any one procedure, but I do recommend really doing your research, discussing options with your doctor or a consultant, because again, Botox and filler aren't the answer for everyone, neither are threads. Would I do everything again in a heartbeat? Yes, but I probably would have done it all at once. I also, I don't know. I mean, I guess I wouldn't do everything, everything. Surgically, I would do everything again 
yes. But I wouldn't do all the filler that I did pre-surgery. And obviously, like I said, I wouldn't do threads. Ooh, okay. How does my husband feel about this? And do I have tips for getting work done with a husband or significant other who disagrees? Ooh, this is tricky. My husband hates when I do anything. And this is a good thing. I mean, wouldn't we all be a little insulted if we wanted to get surgery or something and our significant other was like, yes, great, amazing. No, I would be like, screw you. My husband was traumatized by my first surgery because I looked so mangled for a week after and I think he just felt, he, he felt helpless and just couldn't understand why I wanted to do this to myself. He says he fell in love with me the way I was and he didn't want me to change. But at the same time, he knows I'm incredibly strong-willed. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And at the end of the day, he knows that it's my life, my body, So he doesn't have to agree with me, but what can he do? He's not paying for it. He's not, you know, it's like he's got to give me space. After my first surgery, I was the worst patient. I was complaining about how uncomfortable I was nonstop, and I was just burdening him and everyone around me with my recovery. But by the time I did the brow lift, I made sure I was totally prepared and I didn't need a whole lot of help from anybody and I definitely didn't complain to my husband. I knew who I could complain to, not him. If your motives for wanting to get something done are good, I really think that you can just have an open conversation with your significant other and make sure to emphasize that you want to look like yourself and maybe show photos of reference and You know, I think men especially just hear surgery or Botox or whatever it is, and they picture like extreme plastic looking women and don't quite understand how far we've come. So that said, I don't feel like I need to tell my husband every time I get like Botox in my crow's feet, like he just wouldn't even notice that kind of thing. But for something bigger, I just have to kind of suck it up and have that conversation and we agree to disagree. Have I had buckle fat removal or masseter Botox? Okay, for those who don't know, buckle fat removal is what a lot of women do to get that chiseled cheekbone look, kind of that puckered cheek look. It removes the fat pads on either side of the mouth to give that kind of sunken in look. So I was told that it would make me look older, so I have not done it, Um, and it's not for everybody. And masseter Botox is Botox in the masseter muscles, duh, which is pretty much like where your jaw is hinged. So I did that years ago, but it didn't do much for me because I'm not very full there to begin with. Um, but a lot of people ask me about jawline fillers, so I guess I'll answer that question here. I think the best thing I did for my jawline was profound because I had some fat and skin there that that area really benefited more from tightening than adding something to it. So I've had both good and bad jawline filler. I think it's really good on people who have a certain bone structure and they don't have a lot of fullness there, if that makes sense. I don't have a strong jawline genetically and it bothered me for years and I overfilled it trying to get that Angelina Jolie (laughs) 
jawline, which just is not for everybody. It gave me kind of a masculine appearance. Um, so now like I've just accepted it and I don't feel it at all. And I just do like sculpting massage with John two or microcurrent and lymphatic massage, which really helps from helps keep that area from getting puffy. And yeah, I've just found that jaw filler in myself at least can kind of migrate and get lumpy and it's just not a good look, but when it is done well, it can really make the area look beautiful. So it just depends on your anatomy, like I said, and if you go to a skilled practitioner, they will know what to do and what not to do. Okay, how old was I when I first got Botox? When is it acceptable and is it preventative? I was in my late 20s when I first got it because I had just gotten sober and saw my reflection and I was horrified. I drank and I used hard drugs and I smoked a pack a day and I didn't sleep ever and I didn't drink water and I would have makeup on for days at a time and I never wore sunscreen and I baked myself in the sun. So you get the idea. I looked haggard. So Botox helped a lot with those lines. I mostly had them in my forehead. And then since then, just being really meticulous with my skincare, my sleep, my hydration, nutrition, sun protection, facials, peels, etc. It's given me brand new skin, thank God. So I think Botox is acceptable to get at a younger age for preventative reasons. Not like 18. I don't know. I don't want to pick a number arbitrarily, but it can stop deeper lines from forming by inhibiting muscles, but I really don't think like a 20 year old or anyone for that matter should look frozen. So maybe if you start to see lines, which some lines are natural, but if you see some deeper things forming, then maybe you could go talk to someone about getting Botox in that area. Okay, this was an interesting one, inhibitory effects of Botox. So people asked me if I feel like my emotions are inhibited from not being able to make like micro movements and certain facial expressions. So first I want to say that I have never been one to use facial expressions a lot when I'm talking. So when people DM me, which is all the freaking time and say how frozen I am and like you can't move your face and blah, blah, blah. It has very little to do with Botox. It just has to do with that's just how I am. I'm not like moving my eyebrows a lot and my face and whatever. I personally haven't noticed any emotional inhibitory effects of Botox, but I also can still move my face. It's not totally frozen. So I don't know. That one is hard for me to answer. Um, I did find a study about Botox inhibiting emotions. So let me just pull this up and read it to you guys. Okay. It says, although it was proposed over a century ago that feedback from facial expressions influence emotional experience, tests of this hypothesis have been equivocal. Here we directly tested this facial feedback hypothesis by comparing the impact on self-reported emotional experience of Botox injections and a control Restylane injection, which is a filler, it doesn't paralyze the muscles. When examined alone, Botox participants showed no pre to post treatment changes in emotional responses to our most positive and negative video clips. 
between groups comparisons, however, showed that relative to controls, Botox participants exhibited an overall significant decrease in the strength of emotional experience. This result was attributable to a, a pre versus post decrease in responses to mildly positive clips in the Botox group, and b, an unexpected increase in responses to negative clips in the Restylane control group. These data suggest that feedback from facial expressions is not necessary for emotional experience, but may influence emotional experience in some circumstances. These findings point to, sp to specific directions for future work clarifying the expression experience relationship. So that's kind of a wordy way of saying basically it depends. <laughs> so for some people who may be very expressive, maybe it would make a difference, but for other people like myself, maybe not. Okay, since we're on this topic, a lot of people asked about non-invasive Botox alternatives. Some people asked me about acupuncture. I really don't know anything about it for this purpose, so I can't really speak to that. But I have had facials that have been really lifting and tightening. So Ingrid, my facialist, likes to use microcurrent, which is great for temporary lift, temporarily lifting and tightening skin. And you can buy at-home devices that really do work over time if you're consistent, but they are pricey. One that I know of is the New Face, and I think that one is like 700 maybe. I've also gotten facial massage with John 2, where he uses his hands and some machines and some magical lotions and potions. I have no clue what they are, <laughs> and it completely sculpts and lifts the face. I need to find out more. I need to have him on. I will get more information for you guys because it is crazy. His stance is that Botox and filler ages us over time and that currents and manual massage can change the shape of the face and dramatically lift and tone. It is life-changing. So if you're in LA and you have some disposable income because it's really pricey, you should try it. At home, you can try something like gua sha, but you have to make sure you're doing it right. And then also, I love, love a real lymphatic massage where they're just tapping lightly to stimulate and drain the lymph system. It's amazing when it's done correctly. I did this after my most recent lip lift and I had zero swelling. Um, as for tightening, let's see. I really only have experience with Profound, but there are other procedures that tighten. Again, I'm not sure about Althera. I've heard to run for the hills because it can ruin the skin. So everyone go follow the beauty broker on Instagram because I'm pretty sure it was her that posted about it. But she was posting from other doctors who had seen it, seen the ramifications. She just posts tons of real content and doctors' opinions and experiences with these things. And I'm going to have her on eventually one of these days when I get back to New York. But she just really tells it like it is and no sugarcoating. Um, there's also a newer procedure, Morpheus 8, which is supposed to be great. But again, I have no experience with it, but I think universally people love it. Um, people have asked me how to treat jowls and these procedures can be done for that. I think I would probably say stay away from filler as it can kind of make that area even heavier and I would definitely avoid 
threads, but I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not the authority on any of this. So I'm just giving you my experience and I would definitely talk to a professional. Um, somebody commented that sure doing procedures looks good now, but how's it going to look over time? I think the original comment was a bit more snarky, um, pertaining to me, but I'm just going to answer it this way. Yes. If you are just filling and freezing your face over time, it's going to look like shit. I know surgery isn't for everybody and we shouldn't just be running around cutting our faces open, but in so many instances, things just need to be lifted or tightened and not filled. So I really believe it comes down to doing the right procedures and then maintaining with natural things like massage, regular facials, occasional peels, sunscreen, hydration, sleep, and all the things. Aging is inevitable, so it's not about trying to freeze your face to look 25 the rest of your life. It's not trying to look like Bella or Kim Kardashian or get that Instagram face. It's just about keeping things refined and natural, taking really good care of your skin. And Dr. Tally posted recently, and I thought it was so good. He said, your patient is not a blank canvas. Much of the art of plastic surgery is being able to see someone's beauty, structure, and composition, then figure out how to enhance it while maintaining a harmonious, natural appearance. I mean, can I get an amen? I love him. He's so spot on. I think too many doctors, and I know a lot of patients want this too, take too much liberty in trying to make someone look completely different rather than just enhancing their natural features. So now I'm digressing and I totally forgot the question, but I do also want to say that if you're in your 20s, I don't want to be promoting surgery for people in their 20s. This is kind of more like if I'm talking about lifting and stuff like that, I'm thinking like as you get into your 30s, maybe 40s, whatever. 20s, just take really good care of yourself and you don't need to do anything. Okay, moving on. What is everyone doing and not talking about? Hmm. This is an interesting one. I don't know, but as far as public figures go, I would probably say like brow lifts and ponytail lifts. The ponytail lift is an endoscopic facelift essentially that does a few things. So it internally rotates the brows to get that Bella Hadid look and Dr. Ko created this. Um, it lifts the mid face and it can also be done with a neck lift to get a defined jawline. It's endoscopic. There's zero scarring. So it's like totally undetectable. Um, Dr. Ko, who trademarked this says it's not for older women only. It's a beautifying procedure for anyone like a rhinoplasty. So he has done younger patients, <clears throat> Bella, and but he's posted other younger patients that he's done on his Instagram page. And he just straight up insinuated on his Instagram that he did Bella. And I heard from insiders that he did too. So brow lifts alone 
are also pretty simple procedures and barely perceptible when done right. I mean, you, you're not going to look surprised. You're not going to have scars. You're not going to look pulled. You just notice someone's eyes might look a little bit brighter. So that's being done a lot too on people of all ages. Okay. What are my thoughts on breast augmentations? Well, I have not done anything neck down and I have no desire to not because I am any better than anyone else or I think it's you know I just I was gonna say below me that's like kind of a good pun but um I've just always liked having small boobs because I like the way it looks on me I have a petite frame I love not having to wear a bra and being able to wear designer clothes which are often very tiny up there they're usually not designed for people with larger chests Um, But that hasn't stopped the accusations. My weight, particularly my water weight, fluctuates a lot. And lately, with all my hormone issues going on, which you can hear about in last week's episode, I've been a little more full up top. And yeah, accusations have been flying. Someone literally went through my Instagram and pulled pictures of my breasts over the years and presented them to me and called me a liar they were adamant that I had had surgery. And they they did this on the day that Kobe Bryant died. I was alone in New York. I was so just beside myself that day. And I was like, really? Like, this is what we're doing to, pe- to each other? Like, ugh, it was just gross. It's basically harassment, right? Anyway, I know, um, I just don't know very much about body procedures, so I don't have much to say about that, except that if you're going to do it, as with anything, do your research, go to the best person around. This goes for any procedure. If you have to go to a less expensive doctor, don't go. Save until you can go to the best. Now, I think Dr. Mascaro is the best. He's also considerably cheaper than somebody in Beverly Hills, but I think that also has to do with geographics, so that is something to take into consideration, but I did a lot of homework, Um, but in general, I would say, like, don't opt for the cheaper person that you can afford. Save until you can go to the best. There's a chance you'll be unhappy with the result and have to have it corrected. I've seen it over and over again with friends, so just word to the wise. Okay, so I'm going to close out with some personal questions. Would I have done all of this were it not for my circumstances, being in the public eye, etc.? So that's hard to say, but yes, I mean, my nose for sure, the brow lift at some point for sure. That was just fixing things that really bothered me. The lip lift too, though... Were I not in LA, I might not have known about that as an option. I've always, always been really into beauty stuff. I've always had, let's say, a very aesthetic eye and been very particular and very, um, I don't know, I guess I've just been more aware of these things my whole life. So I don't know exactly what my life would look like were my circumstances different, but I definitely had things I wanted to improve on no matter what. That said, and I think this goes for a lot of people, being in LA, there is this obsession with beauty, obsession with youth. I go other places in the country and I feel like I've just 
been popped out of a bubble and like landed back in reality. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is not what everybody looks like. There is a lot of pressure in LA. Even when I go to New York, I just don't even really notice my appearance or anything like that. It's kind of strange. I don't know. I haven't gotten to the bottom of it, but LA is kind of um, the land of surgery, right? So now I'm losing my train of thought. But it is true that once you start down this road, it's hard to stop because there are always new things to try, always new things that you notice. But I'm definitely at a place now where I'm pleased with everything. I have no plans to do anything in the near future. I'm really, really happy. My maintenance now with everything is just some Botox or like Microtox, which is just right under the top layer of skin just around my eyes and a little bit in my forehead occasionally, pretty much every like four to six months or so. Some people's bodies metabolize Botox and filler more quickly than others. And I have found that to be my schedule. So, and then of course I also do lymphatic massage, hydrofacials, LED light, and just take really good care of my skin. So that brings me to, did my confidence go up? I wouldn't say my confidence went up because I was confident to begin with. I was fixing these things for myself and not for any other reason, but I do feel more myself than than ever, which might sound strange. I probably sound like a broken record, but I just feel like my natural features have been enhanced and like I'm the best version of myself now. People ask me how I feel when I see old pictures, and I think I was beautiful then too. I'm still the same person on the inside, just with some tweaks on the outside. I do also think there's a component here related to sobriety. I got sober six years ago, and it was a fresh start in life, Ariel 2.0, if you will. And I feel like I erased a lot of the damage that I did to myself in the decade that I was like going really hard, and I feel like my outside reflects how I feel on the inside, which is just light and fresh and happy and all of the good things. So I want to say that there are so many procedures. I am, like I said, I'm not the authority on it. I hope I'm not giving bad advice. I'm just giving my experience. And obviously, please go talk to a seasoned reputable practitioner. Um, There are so many things that I don't know about, but hopefully this cleared a few things up and at the very least, hopefully it was entertaining and somewhat informative. So if you have any questions, feel free to leave it on the Instagram post that will be accompanying this episode. And I appreciate the non-judgment and the curiosity and the interest and the support. And yeah, I love you guys.